What's up, everybody? This is Ben Rogers. I am with the Common Sense MD, Dr. Rogers, um, for five at five, um, as always, in that five o'clock hour on Tuesdays. Um, this is where we answer your questions. We uh, field these questions all week long, and and this week, man, we've got some we've got some really really good questions. Dr. Rogers, how you doing? Can you hear me? I'm doing great. How you doing, man? Yeah, I can. All right, cool. So he's he's getting ready here. We're letting people uh, filter in. Um, hello to everybody uh, who's with us uh, this week. Um, please uh, leave us a comment. Uh, say hello. Uh, we'd love to say hello back. And uh, if you do have a question, we save some time uh, towards the end to answer questions live. Uh, so we have uh, we have a couple questions that that I'm going to ask, and then I'm going to I know uh, Dr. Rogers has a has one he's going to read that was uh, brought to him by a, a patient in the office uh, this week. Um, so as people are coming in, hello, hello. Um, make sure you do uh, ask a question if you have one. Uh, we're going to stay uh, after these five questions and kind of. Uh, jam with the people who are who are with us. Uh, we love these these live questions just as much as we love the questions that come in uh, throughout the week. Um, okay, so Dr. Rogers, let's get started. Uh, I'm going to stay with you and kind of uh, monitor uh, the questions here. Uh, and here is the first one. Okay, here we go. Okay. Okay. Um, before we get into that, Ben. Uh, somebody had asked me last week why my face was so red, and it's because I was getting the 5-FU calpocitrine cream that I'd used, which I do every January 1st to kind of burn all the sun damage off my face, the actinic keratosis, which are precancerous. Scaly, you're not getting too much time, so... Here my face is now, it's completely clear. I mean, I'm having no problems. You get about maybe a week, 10 days, kind of blistery stuff on your face. But now my face is smooth as a baby's butt and feels great. So <laughs> think well, about January as not going out of the sun to uh, take a treatment to clear your skin off, especially if you're a baby boomer like me and have a lot of skin damage. I even did it on my hands and forearms because I had a lot of sun damage on those too. So works real well, but um, getting on to the five at five, welcome. Um, question number one, all right. What is ivermectin? There's a lot of talk about it and COVID-19. Sure, um, ivermectin is an, um, is an anti-parasitic drug. It's something that um, people that work on farms know a lot about because they give it to their animals. Uh, but we also use it in humans for uh, something as simple as scabies. So it's an anti-parasite drug, very, very safe. Uh, you know, I've really tended, I use much more of this now than I do hydroxychloroquine, which I use a lot of that. This is kind of my go-to now for, because it has antiviral properties to it. It definitely um, will uh, be, you know, affect COVID-19. It kills it off if you get it early enough. Again, a lot of the key to 
um, any of these antivirals or the protocols we are putting people on to treat COVID-19 um, depends on the timing. And I like to get it early. The more I treat this, the more aggressive. COVID-19 can be bad. I mean, it's the furthest thing from a hoax you can imagine. If you go to the hospital, they're just full of it. And although your average patient does well with it, it's probably even less symptomatic than the flu. If somehow you get inflamed and it sets off that cytokine inflammatory storm, you know, you could die from COVID, especially with risk factors, underlying comorbidities um, like morbid obesity, low vitamin D, kidney disease, diabetes. Um, so, um, as a matter of fact, I'm using ivermectin as a prophylactic medicine myself uh, once a week to try to prevent it. And I've treated many, many healthcare professionals with this, including ER docs, pulmonary docs, um, hospitalists, um, families of hospitalists, people in offices. So, it's a short, short word, yet yeah, it's a anti-parasitic drugs COVID, both as a treatment and as a prophylactic medication to help prevent you from catching it. Um, early treatment's the key. Okay. All right. Thank you. For let me, let me go. Let me, because question, I got a, a question that uh, somebody had called into the office uh, actually about an hour ago. So I just decided to answer it here for them. A very fine family that um, I have actually treated. And the question, their question is, my wife and I are exposed to COVID from our son and children around December 18th. As a precaution, we both began ivermectin on December 23rd. My wife tested positive on 12-24. She began the full regimen, Z-Pack, etc. I was negative, and so it's advised just to stay on ivermectin until some symptoms are a positive test. Discussion. Since I was exposed to my son and wife, could we say the ivermectin prevented me from getting COVID? Yeah, definitely can't hurt. Probably helps a lot. I, don't, I guess that's the reason I haven't gotten it because two of my kids had it, not you, the other two, um, and six office members, people I've been around a lot and um, somehow don't get it. I take a lot of vitamins too, but um, yeah, you could definitely say that that helped along with other vitamins probably, but question, I took ivermectin on January 5th. Should I continue on a regimen of ivermectin as a preventative weighing pros and cons or just try to protect myself as best I can do, um, as best I can. I do not qualify for the vaccine at present at age 74 and not sure I want vaccine. Please advise a question here. It leads right into what we're talking about anyway. Um, yes, you should continue the weekly dose of ivermectin once uh, once a week, 15 milligram. Be glad to call it in. If you run out, just ring the office up. Um, you should take this weekly probably for the next month or two. As long as this is raging around here and we're exposed to it and until you get that vaccine, uh, if you get the vaccine, a lot of people are hesitant with the vaccine. Um, again, I'm I'm not against the vaccine at all. 
probably it's 50-50 on people when I ask them about the vaccine, 50% say, heck yeah, as soon as I can get it, I'm in line. The other half say, I'm worried about this vaccine. I want to wait a little bit. Or heck no, I'm not going to take the vaccine. Um, you know, I, I've known a lot of people that have had the vaccine so far, mostly healthcare workers, um, you know, and for those at risk, you know, I'd advise getting the vaccine. The vaccine is going to be less side effects than the disease in most cases. Um, the vaccine's not without side effects. I've, I've seen several um, that actually I saw one that I uh, talked to last night that actually got full blown COVID three days after taking the second vaccine. Uh, so the question is, did the second vaccine give him the COVID or symptoms or, and again, he was probably exposed to COVID. Um, so it's hard to say. We don't know. But, um, you know, some people, the first shot, it's a two shot deal. The first shot uh, doesn't seem to bother a lot of people. Sometimes they get a little tired, sore arm. The second one, can give you a mild case of what sounds like the flu. Um, you know, you can feel pretty rotten. It's caused several people to miss that. So um, probably the second dose is uh, more harsh than the first. But um, so that's my advice. If you're, you know, if you're 74 with risk factors, you, you might consider getting the vaccine. Um, you know, you have your Pfizer and Moderna. They're about the same, I think, with side effects, uh, pros and cons to both of them. But um, there's some other ones that are kind of come out. Um, but again, these are new vaccines that we don't know a whole lot about the down the line. Uh, but the fact is, uh, you know, uh, COVID's killing a lot of people. And, you know, for those at risk, you should probably get the vaccine. Let me, I, I kind of want to dig a little deeper on the ivermectin because I, I, I know we're going to get some questions about this. Uh, ivermectin prophylactically, um, is that available to everybody or is that just available to healthcare workers, people that working in medical practices, people of a certain age? So say somebody's no, everybody. One, okay. Everybody. Uh, you know, you just have to call us and talk about it. And I don't know of any contraindications to it, really. And if you look at the studies, there's been studies with thousands of people in it, very positive uh, against COVID. Now, of course, here, I don't treat little kids, but certainly, you know, teenagers up, uh, you know, adult-like people um, we're going to treat. And again, we try to use some, some vitamins, too, with it. Um, I certainly think vitamins, again... I, I say this every time, but why Dr. Fauci is not giving people better advice on what vitamins you need to take. I'll, I'll never know that answer, but D, C, and zinc, please get on these vitamins right now. I saw a, a guy today with a, with a vitamin D level of eight. Um, that's a low vitamin and, D And level. there's so many reasons for that too. Like, you know, one, one of the, uh, I think, one of the things I've learned through, you know, throughout the past, you know, six months is, is that, you know, all vitamin D isn't equal in the sense that, you know, the way I might, um, not consume, but the way my body takes, 
a 5,000, you know, I use a, a vitamin D might not work the same way as someone else. Like, um, our, our bodies respond to it differently. Is that, is that the only best way? The only way you're going to know is really by getting a level. So you need a blood level. So you get vitamin D through the sun, of course, but hardly anybody can get it, especially during the winter for sure. So, um, yeah, varying amounts, how much you absorb through your gut. Some people have to use the drops sublingually. And we give vitamin D3 shots here in the office. That's what I would do if somebody, I have somebody with a very low vitamin D, um, pop them with a 50,000 unit dose right there, you know. Um, but anyway, check your vitamin D levels and get on D for sure. All right, we're going to move on to, to question number three. I'm going to show it up here, and then I'm going to uh, get out and come come in with the next one. All right, there's the, okay. the next one. Okay. Was, was on melatonin for pro, uh, COVID prophylaxis. What doses do you recommend for the COVID uh, bundle? Is it more than normal? Yeah, it's a little bit more. What I usually recommend is anywhere from three to five milligrams of um, uh, melatonin, um, you know, I'm used to taking one milligram, but the more I read about melatonin, uh, the more I want to take a little higher dose of it. So I'll pop mine up to three. You know, if you get COVID, uh, actually have COVID, I would take five, maybe 10 milligrams of COVID. And again, this is not just for sleep, but um, this is for, um, uh, antiviral activity of melatonin. Um, I was reading a little bit of Dr. Frank Schallenberger's uh, article. Um, he's, he's a good integrated medical doctor uh, that talks a lot about um, uh, various anti-aging things. And he thinks melatonin in very high doses um, can help you age better and help virtually everything. And I have people that take it for uh, you know, cancer uh, regression and preventions, particularly of uh, breast cancer recurrences, and they take 10, 20 milligram. Um, they've just come out with a new um, uh, pure 60 milligram melatonin uh, supplement. I, more to follow on that. Before I recommend it, I'm going to do a little bit more research and see what that's like, but, um, uh, um, you know, that's a, that's a pretty high dose. And I've heard of people even taking higher doses, but certainly, um, five to 10 milligram, uh, is safe and probably much higher, but, uh, stay tuned on that. So, um, I think we've lost Ben on the, uh, the, uh, no, you, you didn't lose me. I, I, I wanted to let you uh, rock on with that one. I, 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 um, I had read the, the same article that, that you're talking about and, and after I saw this question and, and um, with Dr. Schallenberger and, and you know, I was wondering myself how, how, you know, how you would stay awake um, <laughs> with, with that dosage. Um, okay, so I'm, I want to go to this next one because uh, this next question was based on a uh, a, a podcast episode we did on, um, on intermittent fasting. So I'm going to show that here. Um, and that is, I need, want cream in my coffee, 
but want to practice intermittent fasting, any alternatives that I can use that won't break my fast? And, and what this question is referring to is, is, uh, for a long time, I think, you know, we had talked about intermittent fasting, um, in a way that didn't, um, include, uh, cream in your coffee. And now, you know, that, you know, has come out that, that we're learning that that does break your fast. Any thoughts on alternatives there? You know, for me, I, I like to do the clean fasting now. So I, I also love a little bit of cream in my coffee. I used to use heavy whipping cream with my bulletproof coffee. Um, and sometimes I would use, uh, uh, you know, full whole fat almond milk. But, um, you know, I really prefer the clean fasting. And with that, you don't use any artificial sweeteners or creamers. So if you can kind of break yourself of that habit, um, at least in the period of time when you, you're losing the weight until you get to your desired weight, and then you can play around with it a little bit. And again, I'm not against you using that in the afternoon during your feeding window, but during the morning when you're really uh, fasting, I think it works better if you do clean fasting. So when you get your desired weight, you may play around with it a little bit and see how it affects you. But, um, you know, uh, what, what you question? definitely don't use any of those sugar creamers. Those things are awful for you. Yeah. It, it, one thing I was thinking is, is could, could you not um, change your, your window? So, you know, say it's, you're looking for a 16-hour um, fast, you know, could you not shift it so that uh, you could still have your coffee in the morning with cream and, and, and do it yeah. later in the day, you know? Yeah. I had, a, I had a patient today that absolutely refused to give up breakfast. And so we worked out a um, uh, plan where they they didn't eat. Uh, I think it was past one o'clock in the afternoon. They they go to bed early. She just had to have breakfast, so she still got a good seventeen hour fast and can eat breakfast. We looked at the hours, and she's going to try that. I think it's fine. Uh, that's what I like about intermittent fasting is that you can kind of tailor it to to your lifestyle and and what you what you like doing the the meals that you enjoy the most. Um, okay. I'm going to go to the right. the next one here. Then we'll get to get to some comments. Um, and before he okay. answers this one, uh, guys do, if you're with us here live, uh, put your, put your question in the comments. We're going to try to get to as many as possible. Uh, today we're going to hang out and, and jam a little bit. Um, and question number five is, uh, for the podcast listeners out there, I, I already take life extension, uh, vitamin C thousand milligrams, uh, with 15 milligrams bioquercetin, which we've been talking a lot about. Um, I just ordered their bioquercetin capsules, 29 milligrams. Should I take one a day? So I guess the question is how much extra uh, of the bioquercetin should she take if she's already getting getting it with the C as well? Yeah, the thing about the life extension vitamin C with quercetin, which is the one I take, um, it is a very bioavailable quercetin. Um you know, but um, I admit I've, I've taken an extra quercetin capsule myself because um, I don't think it's quite enough. And if you do get COVID, then I shoot your quercetin level up to about, I like you to take about 800 milligrams of it. So, um, yeah, I go up on the dose. Um, so that, that, That's um, quite a bit. Is Is that, so if it's a, Sounds like hers is is twenty nine milligrams. Um, you're going up to eight hundred if if they come down with COVID. 
Yeah, but remember, um, I get the 800 through a different brand okay. uh, for people with COVID for prevention and through life extension because they have the stuff in it that makes it more absorbable. I think that's probably good enough for prophylactic uh, re <coughs> reasons. Remember, quercetin is a really good antioxidant. It's a flavonoid, which means it's a it's a pigment from from a fruits and vegetables. Um, but um, it's really great for inflammation too. It helps joint pain. I mean, you can really shoot the doses up pretty high for an acute uh, arthritis flare. You know, you really can. Uh, yeah, way I, past a thousand milligrams, you could do a thousand milligram uh, a few times a day, <laughs> short term, is just to uh, ward off inflammatory joint disease. Some of the orthopods use that trick, and it works real well. What I'm learning through this whole process of of you know really working with you and and trying to educate everybody on on a lot of the supplementation is. Uh, how good these supplements are for so many different things in your life. Like, you know, melatonin, you know, is a great example in this past week's uh, performance weekly in the doctor's note in there. And, um, you know, I had no idea that, that melatonin acted the way that it did um, besides just a sleep aid. So I think, you know, looking at some of the positive things and, and what has been just a, you know, a terrible, terrible past year and, you know, just so many families affected and, and, you know, I, I, I hope that, you know, supplementation is going to be one of those positives we take from it. Uh, just the, the overall benefit to, to taking, you know, keeping your vitamin D levels, for example, you know, is going to, you know, ward off sickness in, in general, you know, we're hoping is, is that kind of what you're, you know, in terms of taking the positives? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, um, you know, this will wake everybody up to start taking care of themselves. And number one, to lose weight. If you're obese, you're at major risk for having COVID, along with every other disease known to man, like cancer, heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, Alzheimer's. I mean, you know, lose weight. My whole practice is really dedicated to help people get leaner because it just makes your whole life get better. Arthritis, whatever. I mean, weight loss. Um, we've become an obese country. And I, it, I know that's why that our country has been affected a lot worse than any other country in the world. You can't go to any other country anywhere and see the amount of obesity that we have here. And that is why that our country has suffered so much with COVID-19. And, you know, I'm hoping some of these people that don't practice medicine like Dr. Fauci can maybe teach some people, you know, they have the pulpit, they, they have the ability to, to teach us some lessons from this thing. And they can, when this is all on the downside, they can come out and say, hey, this is why it, it hit us so hard. We had low vitamin D levels. We were obese. We were out of shape. You know, we already had cancer and diabetes and kidney disease. So let's look to the future and start learning what to eat, how to get lean. You should protect yourself with vitamins anyway. And it really irks me that I know that probably won't happen because you've got so many conflicting, competing, you know, follow the money type um things and i'm not a conspiracy theorist but i know that you know the food um 
the American Heart Association, for example. Um, that's why they recommend you get this heart healthy cereal, which is totally bogus. Um, so I'm hoping people will, will kind of wake up as a country and, uh, you know, learn to, we need to get leaner and take, start taking care of ourselves like these other countries do. And I mean, this thing was bad. It hit every country, but ours terribly. When we have the most advanced medical systems in the world, all the technology, the money, and yet it's killing us by far and greater amounts in anywhere third world countries. Why? That's what you need to know. And that's why. Yeah, it's just it's super fascinating and you know, I, I can I can feel your passion around this subject just hearing you talk about it and and I'm I'm hopeful as well. You know, I'm hopeful that um that just we as a country start start to really take some um ownership of our of our own health and and kind of be be our own doctor um and not expect or need you know a system to take care of us that's something that you know i know that you've been passionate about and you know one thing you bring up to me and just to you know give everybody a little uh insight as to how you you and i talk um you know we've always been you've talked to me a lot about you know being confused around why um these commercials around these drugs, you know, and you know why, why do these commercials exist for, uh, you know, heart disease and things of that nature? Um, do you have any any thoughts on that? Just you know, while I, I load up some of these questions because I know I need to get to some. <laughs> uh, you know, just follow the money. That's all you need to do is follow where the money's going. <laughs> you know, and uh, I mean, when I first got out of medical school almost 40 years ago, a normal cholesterol was 300. They keep bringing it down and down and down. In the meantime, the growth of statin drugs has gone up and up and up. And, you know, uh, statins aren't for everybody. Not everybody needs a statin, you know, contrary to a lot of different <laughs> opinions. But, um, you know, they can be bad for a lot of people. Uh, but I don't know, follow the money. Um, the food industry is powerful. The lobbyists are powerful. Um, you know, it's just, you got to see, sometimes I think the pharmaceutical companies are in, in bed with the CDC and the FDA. You know, they're powerful. Money, money talks. I mean, so follow the money, but just take care of yourself, you know. One thing I'm a, I'm a craft that's going on with our country in the last week is I'm turning off the news. You know, I'm just going to realize that, hey, I don't care what's going on in the news. I don't want to be bitter or get depressed. You know, the sun's coming up every morning. And I'm going to live my life like and enjoy it. I'm not going to let some of the stuff that I can't uh, help, you know, I can't influence it. So uh, live your own life and enjoy your daily life. I mean, it can be wonderful, but your health certainly plays a part in that. So if you're it feeling does. tired and hurting all the time, you've got diseases, you're not going to live a happy life, yeah. um, you know, as happy as it could be. So quit watching the news and start just getting outside and walking around exercising and being with your friends and getting a good night's sleep and just being smart about things. Use your common sense. 
You yeah, know, I, I think, you know, that's been a, a, a huge message, message of yours. And, and I just want to, I want to get um, to a few of these. And, you know, one, I want to say uh, hello to, uh, to Jenny. She's on a plane right now. Um, and she's watching our show on YouTube. Uh, hello, mom. We love you. Uh, we can't wait to, uh, to see you back home. Um, love that you're watching on a plane right now. <laughs> um, and then uh, she, she actually did have a question that, you know, and, and we're going to get to some of these YouTube ones. Um, if you take amoxicillin at the same time as you take ivermectin, uh, can that be bad? Um, is that a thing? No. No, the only thing bad about that is you spell amoxicillin wrong. But other than that, <laughs> uh, it's with an A, not an O. But uh, no, that's just penicillin um, <laughs> for a tooth infection. But no. Okay. No interactions. Uh, I'm going to put this, uh, thank you, Josh. I, I, I want, want you to get to see this doc. Thank you for, uh, thank you for all you do. Um, that's really sweet of you, Josh. We appreciate that. Um, thank you for Josh. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I hope I answered your question today. Uh, but you got a, you got a sweet family. You all, you guys are wonderful. Um, you know, I don't, I've kidded you about this before, but there's no relation to Joel. <laughs> Osteen, I don't think but I call I call you the preacher nonetheless. But anyway, inside joke. But uh, anyway, um, thank you, you thank you for saying family. that. Josh. Hope you're doing hope, hope you're doing well, Josh. Um, all right, so so Jason has a, a COVID question. I'm gonna uh, uh, put this up here just for you to see. Um, talks about is is it normal to experience nasal dry, dryness after recovering from COVID? Lost my taste and smell, which I'm slowly recovering from. I'm still experiencing a lot of nasal dryness. Yeah, you know, this COVID really affects your olfactory nerve, um, you know, which you smell with. And smell determines your taste. So that's really how it goes. Now, some people have had some pretty prolonged uh, loss of, of smell and thereby taste. Um, it usually comes back within a few days. Um you know, I don't know if you're taking any antihistamines or anything, but sometimes those things can dry you up too much. So I suggest you use some, you know, nasal saline irrigations. Maybe even rub a little, um, um, you know, mucinex or something around the inside or mucipirinex or one of the, the um, things that will give you a little moisture to your nasal um, mucosa so it doesn't dry out so much. I, I don't like to use a lot of Vaseline petroleum jelly, but uh, there are a few brands out there that have a lot less of the petroleum in it. Um, I'm blanking out of the one I use, but um, uh, it's one that all the Durham, Durham people use, but uh, um, I'll think of it in a minute. But uh, yeah, that's not too unusual. Drink a lot of water too. All right, I'm going to go to uh, Savannah here. Hello, Savannah. You, you here, Doc? You with me? There we go. I'm going to, right, I'm going to put up um, Savannah's question here. Um, her question is the adrenal energy by life extension. Uh, how long does it take to notice a difference and start working for low cortisol levels? So it's a cortisol question. Is it okay to take two at 10 a.m.? Yes, definitely you can take two. It'd be hard to overdose on that. But um, 
Yeah, you know, it's going to take probably a month. Uh, you know, your adrenals didn't get like that overnight. And there's a lot of other factors that go in with balancing your adrenals. As a matter of fact, you know, sometimes um, it takes me a year to straighten somebody out with adrenal fatigue. You know, I like to get that four-point salivary adrenal test to see what your cortisol levels are at 8 a.m., 12, 5, and 10 to see what that curve looks like. So if you have a flat line, very low cortisol level throughout the day and night, then that's hard. Sometimes I have to even use um, Cortef, which is a prescription drug. It's hydrocortisone. Um, I've got several people on that that really helps them. But um, usually if you're young, and that's usually for burned out adrenals, adrenal fatigue. Um, because if that happens, it's really hard to really balance both your insulin levels and your thyroid. So, um, you know, it, give, it, give it a little time and do the other stuff like exercise, meditate, sleep, get out of stressful situations. Um, so balancing your adrenals is multifactorial and it's sometimes hard, especially if you have a lot of stress in your life. Um, that's one reason I got the infrared sauna to help that with detox. It's not going to work overnight. You can certainly take, you know, two at 10 a.m. That's fine. And, uh, you know, you might in a few months, I usually don't even check the cortisol curve after, you know, for maybe six months to look, see what it does again. It takes a while. Good question. Great question. All right, I'm going to move on and make sure. Uh, hello, Shelly. I'm going to put Shelly up here. Thank you for hanging out with us uh, tonight. Um, she asked, what do you think about these COVID variations that are starting to show up in other countries? That's a great question. Um, yeah, that's kind of scary. Did you I, you froze up a little bit there. But Oh, sorry. Um, did we put this back up? Back on. Yeah, put the question back up there if you can. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's a little bit scary, some of these uh, mutations that are taking place. Now, it's normal for a virus that's been around as long as this one has, over a year, and probably longer, probably a year and a half. But, um, it, you know, if they've been around for a while, uh, they're going to mutate. And... Um, but the good news is, like all flu viruses mutate, all viruses mutate if they've been around a long time. Um, viruses are smart. Um, so the good news is all the evidence shows thus far with all the studies they've done on the vaccine, thereby the natural immunity if you've had COVID, which many, many people have. I know in our community at, at Ballot Health, was it 35% positive tests now? I mean, that's a third of the people that are getting tested are positive for it. Um, so we're going to develop that uh, herd immunity, whether it's by the natural getting the, the virus yourself or by getting the vaccination. We're going to achieve that herd immunity in the next few months so to be covered i think according to everything they say 
um, if you believe them or not, um, by this vaccine and most likely by your own illness. So if you do somehow get a second round of COVID, um, it's going to be, in most cases, a lot milder. They say that th these mutations are more contagious. They may be, but maybe it's what we need to get this herd immunity done with. You know, I want to get this thing over with. Um, and now we have good treatments, early treatments. And again, I want to emphasize that I've sent several people for the monoclonal antibody infusions this past week. It's finally available. You have to meet certain criteria and you need to get it early within the first 10 days of your illness. So, um, but they've been very cooperative with me on getting these people in. Uh, so if you have a question and again, I'll talk with your, one of my assistants will talk with you about your particular case, but for those severe cases or early cases or people with a lot of risk factors, I'll get you in for the monoclonal antibodies. And that really, really is working really well. Um, I had, uh, one of my, my friends who happens to be a physician and, uh, who got it. And, uh, matter of fact, yesterday, and he texted me today and feels a hundred percent better the next day from this. So that's available. Very, very, very helpful. We need to get this out more. Are, are you hopeful that that's going to be more available to more people? Um, cause I know they're yeah. pretty strict right now. Well, you got to meet the criteria. And I know anybody over 65, any diabetic, um, anybody uh, over, I think, 55 with asthma, anybody with a BMI uh, over 35, which puts you in the, the morbidly obese category. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is a great, great thing that we have. I think it's really going to prevent a lot of deaths. I really do. All right. I'm going to uh, get to, to Billy's here real quick, and we're going to um, taking a few more questions, guys, so make sure you get them in here if you'd like a, uh, to ask a question. Uh, this one's about multivitamins, and I think that's a, is something that you don't talk a lot about. Um, so uh, what's your recommendation for a basic multivitamin along with the COVID bundle? Yeah, I do recommend a, a multivitamin for everybody, kid, adult, whatever. You need to be on a multivitamin every day because it has it doesn't have enough of the C or the D or the zinc, but it does have the trace minerals like copper that zinc can deplete and has manganese boron you know vitamin a which you need vitamin a is important too um so yeah take your multivitamin whether it's a life extension vitamin or there's a lot of good brands now you know centrum you know some of those i'm all for it take it with food though all right i'm gonna try to let's see here renee asks a, a it's what seems like an important question and i don't know if uh, if I can um, make, if I can understand it, um, can you read that, Doctor? Um, hmm. How high is your ACTH if you have a topic? I'm being tested. Remember, I was normal abdomen. Uh, CT said adrenal appears normal. My ACTH. That's adrenal corticotropin hormone is in the 30s. I have a lung nausea, but my endo says it's rare for it to be due to lung. Um, you know, I, I'm hesitant to, to tell you about that. 
Um, I'd have to look on ACTH levels vary depending on the lab. So, um, but you need to probably follow up with the endocrinologist on that ACTH level. Um, you know, an ectopic, that's a, that's a, that's a little different thing. Um, but that, that's, can be a serious thing. And, uh, hopefully they would have seen it on a CAT scan or an MRI, but, uh, um, I think that's what you're asking me, but please follow up with your doctor on that one, especially your endocrinologist. Uh, wish I could know more about your case, but I hope that helps you. But right. please follow up. Don't ignore that. But, uh, All right. So, Renee, um, don't, don't ignore that one. Um, guys, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a, an amazing uh, jam session here. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us. Dr. Rogers, thank you for... Uh, hanging out with me um, on this on this Tuesday evening and and we got a God we got some great questions this week didn't we we did this this is always a lot of fun you know I think uh, the questions are the best part of this you know I, again I I tell all my patients I learn as much from them as they do from me probably but because everybody's different everybody has a different story and you know a manifestation and th these are just uh, times that we need, really need to reflect and and think about your health because um, very important as we're finding out. Uh, so it's been a great session. I hope next Tuesday you'll tune in again and come with some more great questions. Those are awesome. Thank you, Ben. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, we are going to, um, we'll, Renee, we'll reach out to you. Um, we'll, we'll shoot you a message here. And, um, and guys, thank you for, for hanging out. Dr. Rogers, thank you. I'm the, uh, let you go on there. I'm going to get you here. All right. Uh, all right, guys, this has been a blast. Uh, we had a, a wonderful five at five session. Um, this will be, if you, if you didn't catch all of it, um, that'll be on our, on the podcast as, as well as our YouTube channel and Facebook, uh, pages shortly. Uh, man, I, we really appreciate these comments during the during the, um, during the session, it makes it so much fun for us. And, and, um, hello, Gwendolyn. Hello, uh, Jason, Savannah, uh, Melanie. Hello. Um, guys, thank you so much for, for hanging out. I hope to see every one of you, uh, here next week. Uh, same time. It's within that five o'clock hour, uh, on Tuesdays, we do five at five, uh, with Dr. Rogers. Um, next up performance weekly comes out Monday, uh, the Common Sense MD podcast is up and running. If you haven't checked that out, I hope you will. Uh, and we're going to keep keep going on, guys. Uh, if you have questions for next week's 5 at 5, be sure to uh, leave them in either in these comments or you can shoot us an email at info at performancemedicine.net. Uh, and this is me uh, signing off. Thanks, guys. See you all later. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.